0: Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised.
2: G'day guys, welcome to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, the Wicked Witch of the West Coast, the baddest bitch in Hollywood, the Duchess of Hollywood, and many other horrible names I'm called on a pretty regular basis. I am the youngest executive in Hollywood history, which I think I want to add to everything because I just found this out recently and I'm very excited by it. Of course, I also have more Tatars than most executives in Hollywood, so I guess that makes me special too. We are on with one of my favorite people in the whole wide world, Paul. Welcome to the show. So, i got to say, what is your damn stage name again? I, this is Paul, who I've known since I was 18, and I can never remember his stage name. And if you all behave yourselves, maybe one day I'll tell you his real name.
3: Paul Michael Boland.
2: Paul Michael Boland. Congrats. <laughs> I like that. I, will, I swear to God, one day I will remember your stage name. But then again, I've, I've known you since I was 18. So, we're going to have an amazing, amazing, amazing guest on today. We are going to have Judge Joe Brown. Sounds good. I'm, I'm really excited by this, and I've got to tell you guys, um, you have to excuse Paul today. He's doped up on Percocet because of an old injury. I'm doped up on Vicodin because of a new injury. So basically, um, we are the perfect example of Hollywood. We're thoroughly drugged and going to work that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Entertainment, yeah, I was on you...
3: these things last week, so, you know.
2: Ah, okay. So you're far more functional, and I'm seeing all the pretty lights. So, and well, for those of you that are regular listeners, if you'll remember the MMA fighter that pulled out my shoulder, then I had to get a shot of morphine. The same MMA fighter threw out my knee and now I'm on Vicodin. So the moral of the story is do not get trained by MMA fighters. I I think that's the moral. Um, Actually, he's a wonderful guy. He's going to an event with me tonight. We're going to an auction in El Paso in in Palm Springs or in Palm Desert, California at a place called The Exchange with the Aussie Auctioneer. For those of you that know the Aussie Auctioneer, he does all the charity auctions and everything else. Tall, good-looking guy. That's my brother. Um, we're, go- we're going to an event with him and you know I love him to death mostly because I get fabulous free jewelry. Uh, so that's, that's what I'm up to tonight. And I was playing around with the, one of his, uh, prodigies because before my brother was a fine arts auctioneer, he was actually Los Angeles kickboxing champion and the king of the SCA. So he trains these MMA fighters for fun. He does it at no cost, you know, doesn't charge him, does it for free. Any up and coming ones that seem decent. And this is one of his guys. And I thought I'd be a smart aleck and screw around and guess, guess who's in a knee brace now. So it's very, very exciting, but I am repping, uh, if nothing good else good came out of it, I'm now repping this MMA fighter, so I will be uh, setting up a reality show about him. I'm very excited about that. Then we have another reality show about Comic-Con in Palm Springs that I'm in talks uh, to do about Stanley and the setup of the new Comic-Con Palm Springs, and we have a new show called Let's Dance USA, and there was another show that I was supposed to talk about, and I'm looking at my assistant... Judge Joe Brown has a new show. He's our guest today. I'm actually really excited about this. You'll have to excuse me. I'm going to give a shout out to my Aunt Benice. Aunt Benice, hello. Um, Yeah, she is a huge fan of Judge Joe Brown. I personally am a huge fan of Judge Joe Brown. God rest my grandma's soul. I used to watch it with her before she died. And then I've got my other grandma in from Bernie, Tasmania, right now, listening into the show. So, hi, Grandma Joan, who's listening now. Hi, Aunt Benice, who's listening tomorrow. And let's invite Judge Joe Brown on. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, the amazing Judge Joe Brown. Um, Welcome to the show.
4: Hey, the judge is in the house. The judge is in the
2: house. I have to tell you, I have worked with massive celebrities. I've never in my life been starstruck the way I was when I met you. Some of my greatest memories of spending time with my grandma before she passed were actually watching your show we would sit down and hang out school. so I, I'm going to say thank you from the bottom of my heart I know she loved you God rest her soul and it gave me some great memories my aunt Benice is a huge fan of yours I mean she's excited she's making us record this show so she can listen to it tomorrow
5: oh well I better perform <laughs> hey shout out to give one go there for me too alright Ladies,
4: I'm, how ladies. are you?
2: I'm doing wonderfully. Now, I met you at Eric Zuli's event, Eric Zuli's birthday party. You and I were on the panel talking about how to get into Hollywood.
5: Yeah, easy way.
2: Easy Eric way. Eric Zulli easy is,
5: way is quite a character. He's an interesting guy.
2: He is. He's, he's he's, I've, <laughs> I've actually known him a little late. I mean, I think I met him like a year after I met Paul, who's my co host here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I've known him since I was about 17. Um, he, is, he is definitely an interesting chap. Now, I'm going to ask you um, I went to law school. Obviously, I didn't do as well as you did. Um, how, well, how... I don't know. <laughs> Oh, I, I promise. <laughs> I promise I didn't do as well. There's only one of us here that had a judge show, and it certainly wasn't me. So, <laughs> what made? Major... Well,
3: look, look at Sarah Palin. You don't
5: even need any legal background the way they're saying without one.
4: So well, who can tell? Maybe
3: you'll have one one day you know something
2: you know, better. Sarah Palin's one thing, but I, I have to admit, I thought she was the most underqualified person I'd ever seen in my life run. Then it turns out she's more qualified than Donald Trump, who's running now, because at least she has some governing experience. So I've come to the point in life that people can either vote for Donald Trump or I can take them seriously, but not both. Um, well, you know what?
5: <laughs> uh, you can't see Alaska from your backyard on a clear day, so you don't know as much about the ways of the world as she does because she can see. Uh, isn't that what she said?
2: That's true. I can see Alaska from my back. It, it, it's true. The only thing I can see from my backyard are jackrabbits. The night um, I'm I'm between Los Angeles and Palm Springs, so it's either the beach when I'm in Los Angeles. Um, or a gay disco when I'm in Palm Springs. So those are that's all I can see from my backyard. But it doesn't make me an expert on the beach or the gay discos. Uh, so I mean, <laughs> Palin obviously learns far more from observation than I do. What got you into Basically, the legal profession?
5: Well, actually, I had a physics major, and really? getting into the legal profession—yeah, getting into the legal profession was kind of an accident. Uh, I was going along, and then Ronald Reagan got elected, and he campaigned on destroying free public education. He said it, the people that were using it were just long-haired uh, hippie peaceniks who were giving aid and comfort to the commies. So he campaigned on a platform to destroy free higher education. So... He got in, and from a free place, it started getting tuition, and the catalog got small. So I was having to wait an extra year for a course I needed, and my well advisor said, guess what? You can declare a political science major right now if you'd like. I said, well, I like, so let's do that. And then I said to myself, what in the devil am I going to do with that? So that's how I wound up going to law school.
2: It's a good way to go. Now I find that very, very interesting. Um, the The removal of public education in the United States, I think is um, is is part of what has been the decline of the of, of intelligence and how we've ended up with things like Justin Bieber. But yeah. uh, what do you what do you think specifically of um, for those of you that don't know, when I ask this question, when I talk about STEM, I'm talking about science, engineering, uh, technology, and mathematics. Yeah. Um, so when we're talking right. about STEM courses, that's what we're talking about. What do you think of the removal of the STEM courses in the United States and the lack of focus there? Do you think it's increasing the, you know, you, the dumbing down of America? And when I say that, um, I know people use the, the, the religious aspect for it. I'm an agnostic, so um, we'll, we'll count me out. But to me, Jesus sounds like one of those, you know, hippie types that gives a bunch of free stuff to people. So if he was alive today, I'm pretty sure he'd be a damn socialist, but. Well,
5: yeah, <laughs> but. actually, you know what it looks like? It looks like Great Britain 100 years ago when they were preeminent in the world, but they were neglecting their higher education yep. really seriously. And they just fell, fell flat. And we took over about 1945. So that's probably what's going to happen with people of the Republic of China. They'll take over. So learn Mandarin Chinese. Uh, yeah. It's dummying down this country. Another thing that we ran into is when they started making unions boogeymen, they cut out this thing that the unions did about educating their members and educated their neighborhoods on what was really going on
4: politically.
5: They loved Ronnie Reagan, but St. Ron didn't do the country very well when it came to ordinary people. So we've got this thing where there's a gap And people need education to close the gap, but it's very expensive to get one these days, and it's very difficult. And in schools, they don't teach you what they used to teach you.
2: And that's exactly it. When you look at the vilification of the union, when we vilify the unions and these people that step in and protect us, and that becomes an okay thing, we're really putting ourselves in a position where we're absolutely 100% at the whim of the corporation with no... um, with no recourse. And what, what created the middle class in this country, a big part of it was the introduction of social security and some of these social systems. Um, what created it in Europe was the Black Plague. So, I mean, unless we're going to have a Black Plague here and kill a bunch of people and and demand that, we really, I think, need to stop vilifying these unions. I don't think we give yeah. people... Um, I, I think that by not educating our young people and putting the garbage on television that I'm going to take some responsibility here, the garbage that I put on television, um, <laughs> I, I don't think hey. we're doing a service for our country. And I find it I find it very, very interesting that you're, you're looking at it from that perspective. Now, we have about three minutes to break. I'm going to ask you... Um, with the removal of the STEM courses, cutting down on NASA, I mean really removing the um, the, the science and technology aspects of things that made America so so amazing. Um, now, guys don 't get cross with me when I say this: America is my chosen country. I actually choose to be here. I love this country. Um, do you think there is a way to get that back? Do you think there is a way to increase the intelligence? of the youth in this country and and how do you think we do it i mean do you think entertainment plays any role in that what do you think is going to do that and i know that's a long question we have about three minutes to break but i want to hear what you have to say on it
5: you know what entertainment has a lot to do with the way people view the world because it's their window into the world now and what they get on entertainment uh uh, is not very good because it does not enter, emphasize duty, honor, obligation, responsibility, accountability. It says, do your thing, whatever the devil it may be, do it. and be all that you can be rather than what you ought to be. See, there's a big difference.
2: I I like that and it's well it's I think it's the modern equivalent of uh, John F. Kennedy said ask not what your country can do for you but what you can do for your country. I think in entertainers we need to now ask ourselves the same question. We've all made a fortune or you know out of this and if the government's not going to step in I think it's entertainment Um, we have we are one of the loudest voices to the youth of America. We are one of the loudest voices in the world. And I think that entertainment can create positive change in that area. Unfortunately, it is not financially viable for us to do that. So I know I've had my bosses put a kibosh on a lot of things that I've wanted to do over the years.
3: Well,
5: it can be informative and entertaining. It doesn't always have to be entertainment. See, Caesar said it 2,000 years ago, feed them and entertain them and they won't care what you do. So we've got a lot of entertainments, and people get well-fed these days. You know, we've got our national weight problems. So, you know, and then Goebbels and Hitler said, tell a lie long enough and loud enough you can get anybody to believe it. And unfortunately, the information media has become an entertainment field rather than an information field, so... Between all three of those things, we have a nasty mix where people don't get well-grounded in reality.
2: No, that, and that makes sense, That's and it's, uh, there's, there's the uh, adage, it's um, when, when the truth becomes legend, print the legend, because the truth is no longer relevant. That's where we are now. We are actually going to go to break, guys. We are on with the amazing Judge Joe Brown, one of the people I admire most. Um, politically, entertainment wise I think he is an amazing human being I'm so grateful for you being on the show please hang on guys, we'll be back in a couple of minutes, I'm Summer Helene we're on with Paul what is your next stage name damn it, Paul? Uh,
3: Paul Michael Boland
2: Paul Michael Boland, I'm telling you I'm just going to give away your real name one day, wait and see alright, we're on with Paul Michael Boland, Summer Helene and the amazing Judge Joe Brown we'll be right back after this
4: Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com.
1: Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio?
0: Museum Life can be heard live every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
3: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
2: G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we were having an amazing conversation during the break. Just to catch you up, um, I'm going to let you in on a comment that I made, and I'm going to take full responsibility for the comments so nobody here else gets any heat for it. Um, I, w- I made the comment that I believe the religious right in this country is just as dangerous as ISIS in the Middle East because if left to their own devices, they would take science out of schools and teach belief as opposed to science, um, and teach that there is no global warming, teach these problems. That's where we were right before uh, we came back here. I'm going to jump back in with Paul Michael Bolan and the absolutely amazing Judge Joe Brown. Guys, welcome back. Hey. So I figured I'd take responsibility for that comment just in case there's any trouble, then nobody else gets in any trouble. I'm going to ask you guys, Now we're talking about um, the the impact that entertainment can have. I think it can be used as a positive and a negative, but what do you think the role entertainment, uh, I know it's playing a big part of this next election, because I mean, let's face it, Donald Trump is basically a celebrity caricature as opposed to a real candidate. Um, What role do you think entertainment now plays in our politics and education? And do you think it has any power there?
3: I think it has every bit of power. It's, it's what people look at before they actually look for real information.
2: I, I would agree with that. Now, may I ask you? There, the,
3: there There is this
5: interesting thing. Information and knowledge in the way it's delivered can be entertaining, which is Okay think of a professor or a teacher that you had who was entertaining the way he presented the information he was imputing to you as a student. But
2: we
5: we tend to take our entertainment... Wow. We tend to take our entertainment that is informative as an entertainment rather than as something entertaining. There's a difference. You see... In other words, it shouldn't be a show. It should be something people listen to because they should. Like, when I was in school, boys and girls read, goodness, wow, boys and girls read the newspaper every day so you can stay informed on current events, okay? Nowadays, they don't want you to do that because you're supposed to turn in on a 24-7 news station and sometimes they run out of news and you watch a burning cabin for 45 minutes as it smokes while the bobblehead uh, pretty types speculate on what could be going on.
2: Now, one oh, thing we- I'm, I'm actually disappointed with are uh, women in journalism today. They dress like hookers i'm I'm sorry to say that, but it's very very difficult for me to take these women seriously. they're more worried about fashion than news, and the news we're being given is spoon fed to us dribble we We have um, people like Brian Williams giving you know journalists lying on air and we have a a system of news in this country that focuses on sensationalism rather than news. Bernie Sanders' speech was not covered because they sat there for an hour with the camera on Trump's podium for when he was going to speak.
5: Well, yeah. See, what's going on with this election is a very interesting phenomenon. They have a saying that if you consistently do something in a consistent fashion and consistently you get a bad result and consistently you do not change... That is a classic definition of insanity. Mm -hmm. And we have had that going on for decades, at least the last three or four. So what Trump and Sanders represent is a change in that way of doing things. Now, Trump's is a little crazy, and it panders to those who don't think and tend to be part of the religious right that you were talking about. And Sanders goes for those who want to put a little thought into it and don't like what they see these days. But Hillary and Cruz, they represent the same old, same old four decades of half dozen of one, six of the other, and one slant's toward the right, one slant's toward the left. And they're all beholden to high finance, big business, and big oil. And it goes absolutely nowhere. See, look look at what you've got since you're talking about this right here. The last two appointees to the U.S. Supreme Court had extensive ties with Goldman Sachs. The Treasury Secretary, Geithner, had a position as a chief consultant with Goldman Sachs. You have Cruz's wife is an employee of Goldman Sachs. Hillary got that money circle set up by Goldman Sachs. Obama and Michelle worked for a law firm that had Goldman Sachs as one of their number one clients. This guy that they've got nominated for the Supreme Court now, his law firm or the law firm he was with represented Goldman Sachs. You see? Oh, hell. I didn't I know about that All right. Oh, yeah. See, and he's a Republican, for God's sake. So you're looking at Obama. And you'd miss a point. He's an African-American, and you expect him to be liberal, but he did not get raised in the United States, and he has no ancestors that have the African-American experience here. And when you get into him, he's probably the richest person ever to sit in the White House. He's probably got more money than Donald Trump. His stepfather who adopted him when he was two, Lolo Sotoro, was an executive vice president for Standard Oil International, and then founded his own oil company. And when he died, he was one of the 20 richest people on the planet Earth. And Obama is one of the three beneficiaries to the trust fund. They've Mm -hmm. got everything that man had to leave. So, you see, when he was in the U.S. Senate for two years... There were only two senators in the whole U.S. Senate that had more conservative voting records. You can look at the Heritage Foundation, a bunch of right-wing cranks, and they gave him their third highest rating for conservative voting for two years running. So, you see, we go for hype, and we don't get into what's the reality behind it. So we've got people that are really beholden to high finance that are running stuff. The problem with high finance is they don't have to put their own money up. The theory is, is they have the expertise in knowing who to back, so they just do it on paper or cyberspace, and if they get a problem, the U.S. government will back them up. That's that $700 billion bailout and the $781 billion economic incentive plan, which are the two largest expenditures in the history of the whole United States, and they didn't even debate them.
2: It wasn't even a consideration. It simply was.
5: Yeah, it's see, it's just because you let Goldman Sachs, Smith, Barney, and that group get into a situation where with what they're financing, their accounts show 11 times more money than actually exists in all ways to count U.S. currency. But you see, that's just the farce that we have allowed to come into play. And then you get big oil that fuels this whole thing, and then you get an economic interest that is represented by, say, the Trump faction. They actually build something, invent something, they employ people, and they aren't all that pleased with people that just deal with paper like the high finance bunch. And then you've got 82% of the wealthy people in America didn't make it, they inherited it. But on the billionaires, 9 out of 10 of them made their billions. So you've got a hell of a gap between the rest of us and them. And in a real nasty situation that has prevented the usual types of bailout, or not bailout, but economic recovery because the U.S., has never before in its history owed anybody anything, except starting with the Reagan administration when they cut the taxes off. So the big corporations paid less than I did, literally nothing at all, and the very well to do got tax breaks. That left the government in a hole, so guess what? With the new relationship they had then with the People's Republic of China, they started borrowing trillions of dollars. The first 25-year interest payment became due in 2007. We couldn't pay it. 2008, 9, 10, etc., cetera, etc. We haven't paid it. So the solution is borrow more trillions of dollars from the People's Republic, and it is a crazy situation.
2: Now, this is something not a lot of people know. This isn't commonly talked about in this country. It's very common knowledge outside of the United States, but it isn't commonly talked about here. So for those people listening, um, if you want to fact check this, absolutely everything that he has said that uh, Judge Joe Brown has said is correct. You can hop on Politi- you can hop on Politifact and check it. So if you guys have a chance hearing this, we have about three minutes until we go to break. I want you guys to hop on PolitiFact during the break. You can absolutely verify all of this information. The difference is, and I need people to remember this, I work for Viacom. Paramount Pictures is a subsidiary of Viacom. All of the major news corporations belong to one large company or another. There are five major companies that control all of media. These are the same companies that are tied into the United States – into the government. So you're not going to hear this on the news. The information is out there, but you have to look for it. You're not going to hear this at the top of the news story. You're not going to hear this at the top of the hour because I can tell you from my own personal experience, we are very, very, very strictly told not to talk about this stuff. When uh, net neutrality became an issue, that was something we were told. Like we, you need to remember, from the executives to the personalities to everyone, we are told what we can and cannot say. Absolutely, everything being said here is fact. Please get on Politifact and look it up. Media is just as liable here as um, as the government is. And the reason I say this is because the news media should be bringing you this information and it cannot and will not because it is owned by the exact same corporations. Um,
5: Hey, there you go.
2: And that's you know, and that and that's not something a lot of people know. But when I say I work for Paramount, that means I work for Viacom. BET is one of the subsidiaries of Viacom. Um, Paramount Pictures. When you look at OWN, it's a subsidiary of Discovery. Every company is a subsidiary of another. All the major news organizations are owned. By one group or another, and they have a political affiliation or another. CBS, we're talking Democrat. Fox, we are talking Republican. Every group has a way they lean, and it is for financial gain. I mean, let's face it, it's called show business for a reason. Guys, we are going to go to break. We'll be right back after the bake break with the amazing Judge Joe Brown, with Paul Michael Bolan, and with myself, Summer Helene, the Wicked Witch of the West Coast, a Hollywood bad guy, talking to you about the dark, the dirty, and the evil side of Hollywood. We'll be back after this.
1: Stimulating
4: talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com.
0: Do the adventures of Indiana Jones leave you curious about this exotic and unusual profession? If so, don't miss Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology with Dr. Joseph Schuldenrein. You'll learn about forensics, ancient civilizations and human origins. Listen to Dr. Schuldenrein and colleagues discuss their excavations and related archeological topics ranging from the unique to the sublime and yes, even the mundane. Indiana Jones, myth, reality and 21st century archeology. span Live Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific time on Voice America Variety. Have you found the beauty inside of you?
4: Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com.
1: You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call one 866 472 That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at SummerHelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes.
2: G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, your friendly neighborhood Hollywood bad guy, We are on with Paul Michael Bolin and the amazing Judge Joe Brown. We've actually had it pretty political right now, guys, and I know that's a little different than the normal feel of the show, but I need y'all to take into account. Hollywood has a very, very large part of the political process because, let's face it, we're the ones jamming the candidates down your throat and pushing you to vote one way or the other. Um, Welcome back to the show, guys.
3: Hey. Hey. Here we are.
2: So I'm going to ask, um, this is now, Judge Joe Brown, I'm going to ask you this. You got into the entertainment industry. uh, I mean, you made a hell of an impact. You have a new show coming out.
5: Yes. It's called True Verdict with Judge Joe Brown. It'll be on this fall, and the way I tell you to check it out is check your local listings.
2: And it's called Uh, True Verdict? It's going to be a
5: syndicated matter.
2: Okay. So it's, it's called True Verdict, and what is this show about? Tell me.
5: Basically the same thing as it was before, except I and the people that I'm with who will be producing it will be in control, and we will be trying to make it a little bit more real than it was before. You know, we'd get these slants like, okay, why don't you rule this way? No, that's not the way it's supposed to be. Well, I think it would be better for ratings. No, people don't want fake. They want real every now and then. So we're going to do real. So Very
2: cool. Um, That's so uh, what we're the, doing. So the studio pushed you to to vote one way or the other.
5: Yeah, and we had clashes every single day. Uh, there was a little thing where, for example, when they had this bit where what was formerly big ticket uh, productions now big mm-hmm. well big ticket TV now, which is affiliated with Paramount CBS Viacom. They sent over a 23-year-old young girl, I would put it this way, who had a high school education. And I don't know why, but they made her an executive two weeks after I'd last been apprised of her status. So she marches over, I don't approve of the way you ruled in that last case. I said, who are you? I recall seeing you when she told me it came back and i said aren't you a file clerk i was two weeks ago now i'm an executive so i said well why do you dare to come over here i've got a doctorate degree been doing this for years and you want to tell me that you think i should have ruled another way well you know what get out of here you're off the set Bye. you know so you would have to do with stuff like that because their idea see of what was going to be popular with the viewers actually did not match up. And there's a disconnect. Since we're talking about Clinton this time, we mentioned politics. Do you remember when Bill Clinton was running for re-election and the pundits were predicting it was going to be a disaster for him, but yet he got the highest number of popular votes in the country's history, still the highest number of votes in the country's history, Mm
1: -hmm.
4: and
5: they were totally disconnected from the reality of what the people are doing. Back on the entertainment bit, a few years ago, Avatar was up for Best Picture of the Year, and that's James Cameroon, and his ex-wife had up Hurt Locker for Best Mm -hmm. Picture. So Avatar was the all-time box office champ for motion pictures in the history of the industry. So they give the Best Picture of the Year to what I consider a lousy war movie. Hurt Locker that had all sorts of technical deficiencies, conceptual deficiencies, and was not well done as a technical thing. And they gave it to that failure as best picture of the year, and they just dissed the fans. There's just no connect with the fan base. So I tried to get in place a, a little something which, if there is a contest for best picture, box office trumps. Everything else. You know, let the fans... That's reasonable. Vote with their doubts.
2: That is reasonable. Now... Of um of course they didn't like it. No, they, they, they tend not to. I've had a lot of dealings with the Academy myself. Um, they, they tend to kind of like to do things their way.
3: Yeah, I don't think they've ever had... Have we ever had the number one box office win Best Picture?
2: Uh, did Titanic win Best Picture?
3: Titanic. That's oh yeah, you know yeah Titanic, and maybe the Fellowship, the last Lord of the Rings movie. So it yeah. has yeah. that. Well, um, not
0: Now
2: I got to say, <laughs> Catherine Bigelow is a friend of mine. She was the first female Oscar winner for Best Director, and she did The Hurt Locker. Um, and ironically, was exactly. A lousy
5: what, movie. Uh, well, lousy what you movie. what
2: you are saying is very much what she said. She said she was very surprised she won. And she thinks part of the reason she won is they had to put a woman up at some point, so they put her up. And she said she was very happy to beat her ex-husband on principle because she hates him. But <laughs> but short of that, um, I, I am going to say, and she's going to kill me for saying this out loud, she didn't think she should have won. She did well, yeah, not that, think uh, she should have won.
5: That that That's what happened. For example, I've been nominated for an Emmy several times. Well, last time I didn't win because the show that won got canceled after eight weeks for best judge show of the season. So it got the Emmy. So it's a lot of politics in there. You know, see, there was a thing back in my day. You walked into a movie in the middle of one. You paid 50 cents, 75 cents. You sat through that part that you were in there on, watched the cartoons, the next movie. Watched the parts you missed and then went on out and they would have the Oscars to give you some advice on which of the several hundred movies a year, uh, you might want to see. But they switched format so instead of the movies not being in the theater at the time the Oscars are, you know, being considered, now they have all been run and gone to blu-ray or dvd after a week or two and it's not the same kind of thing so the consumer is actually given no guidance which is why they had the oscars in the first place way back when and now it's just sort of industry you know insider you know part of our gang you know we give Tommy something, you know, we've been overlooking him for years. It's his turn now.
2: What about, um, what, do you, what do you think of them changing the rules? Because they're trying to get more um, black directors and producers to win. They're upset with the lack of uh, ethnic diversity. So they're trying to change the rules now to uh, be more inclusive.
5: Well, that would help because here is this thing anytime the studios are in trouble financially, they push something like a Tyler Perry movie and you go into a theater and there are 18 uh, stages or screens in the theater and you've got seven of them with the Tyler Perry movie. They break they rake in money and then everybody's okay. But, you know, you get Spike Lee, they just diss him. You get John Singleton, they act like he does not exist. And there's basically a dearth of African-American talent, which actually might be of interest to some people in terms of what comes across as a good movie. So Hollywood back in the late 60s, early 70s was going bankrupt not able to compete with color television, uh, they had all of these black exploitation movies. Uh, Pam Grier started in a lot of them. Superfly, you name it, and they got the theaters. I mean, the studios back on a, a financially sound basis. So they've depended upon minorities to bail them out from time to time. Still do, but. They don't show diversity in what they're putting out as entertainment, which they should, because it gives the public more options.
2: Now, I completely agree with that. One thing that I find very interesting in the film industry, um, I, my, my the, the best way I ever heard it put was the industry for many, many years overlooked um, Steven Spielberg because he was not a film insider. He actually broke onto a set to get his first film made. He was not. Now he is, but once upon a time, he was not. He couldn't get it for E.T., couldn't get it for anything, eventually got it for Schindler's List. And I think the point that people turned around and went, this is bullshit, is when uh, The Color Purple didn't win. Because you had a director that was unpopular, very, very unpopular with uh, the Academy. He's still, by the way, very unpopular with the Academy. Um, And that's just a little insider information. Doing a film that people didn't want to see get done. And the fact that Oprah, Whoopi Goldberg, Danny Glover, the fact that these people did not win for The Color Purple and that Spielberg was overlooked for this I think was absolutely amazing and I always challenge people Uh, I give away free things on this show every week whoever can write in and tell me what film won the year the color purple was should have should have won the oscar I always say that the year I know it off the top of my head don't say it don't say it
3: okay
2: (laughs) no you can you can say it what is it
3: it was chariots of fire
2: okay tell me write in go to summer helling go to behind the scenes Tell us what won then, and you can win all kinds of free stuff. i got to give a quick shout-out and say thank you to everyone in the world that owns my booty because, let's face it, that's what makes uh, Hollywood go around. Somebody always owns someone. Thank you, Dow, by the way, for doing beautiful, beautiful hair for me. uh, Off-road rentals gives away free ATV rides every week to people that answer these questions, right? So thank you very, very, very much. Um, we're giving away a piece of art by Jason Menrick, is that, pardon? Murnick, Jason Mernick. He does beautiful, beautiful art. If you guys get a chance, um, check him out on Etsy. It's Jason Murnick. Um, we'll be giving away a piece of art for him. So the people that write in and tell us that, we'll give you some free stuff. We're going to go to break. We'll be right back with our last segment right after this. I'm Summer Helene, the Wicked Witch of the West Coast, the Hollywood bad guy. We are on with Paul Michael and He's done it all in Hollywood. And the amazing Judge Joe Brown, who is incredibly insightful and has a very different view of Hollywood. We're going to talk a little bit more when we come back. We'll be back after this.
4: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Tune in every week for Sex Out Loud. Host Tristan Termino will discuss everything from sexual pleasure to sexual politics. Get an insider's perspective from leaders in the adult film industry, the LGBT community, and the sex positive world. From kink to non monogamy, nothing is off limits. Plus, you can call in to join the conversation. Sex Out Loud airs every Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Variety Channel.
0: Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time.
4: The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com.
1: You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to bts at SummerHelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes.
2: G'day, g'day, guys. I'm your friendly, local Hollywood bad guy. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm trying to rip off Spider-Man here. I'm a Hollywood bad guy talking to you about the good, the bad, and the ugly sides of Hollywood. I'm Summer Helene, the Wicked Witch of the West Coast. We are on with the amazing Judge Joe Brown and my co-host, Paul Michael Boland. We are talking about a whole bunch of stuff, and there was something Paul said behind the break he wanted to share with you guys. Paul?
3: Uh, Yeah. For anybody who really wants to know what's happening in Washington, there's a podcast out there by Jennifer Briney. It's called The Congressional Dish Podcast, and she's simply reading the bills that are passing through the Senate and the House to let us know exactly what is going on in Congress. Uh, She watches uh, hearings that nobody watches, and she puts everything in the show notes, if she's wrong, she wants people to let her know that, and she'll always lead her next show with how she, the mistakes that she made, instead of burying them on, like, uh, you know, at the very end. But, uh, I like yeah.
2: that. I like that. So, guys, if you get a chance, that's a great way to find out about it. Now, remember, Hollywood and politics are one and the same. Uh, basically, we are all liars, um, you know, supporting the bottom dollar here. Now, I'm going to ask you, um, Judge Joe Brown, how did you get into entertainment?
5: Well, I had been on, every now and then, 60-minute street stories with Ed Bradley, that kind of thing, sentencing. I was the last judge out of James Earl Ray case. And, by the way, it would have been my conclusion that Ray was not the gunman. But uh, this Australian guy, Peter Brennan, called me and said, would you like to do this here show? I said, oh yeah, I don't mind appearance. No more Avion shows. So anyway, they How's his accent, basically, yeah.
2: uh, a perfect, perfect accent.
5: They, oh, thank you. They recruited me, so the rest is history. But I'd have this to offer to anybody: be yourself and develop a sense of humor and start looking at stuff the way a good stand-up comic does, and you might get a different perspective on reality. But every now and then quit thinking along the lines of who you know and start making yourself somebody to be known because something you do is worth knowing about. And that will keep you around and that will keep you real and that will give you an advantage that a lot of other people do not have.
2: I like that. That is actually incredible advice. And that's some very unique advice. So make yourself somebody other people need to know or want to know. That's a very good way of going about it. Um, Now, for those that want to get into Hollywood, I'm going to ask you, what would you say step one is for people wanting to do what you're doing?
5: Well, either you start very early, take a lot of acting courses and stuff and get pretty good at what you do, be able to sing or have some talent, or if you're not trying to be in front of the camera know in great detail the technical aspects of what it takes to do television and motion picture production and execution. Uh, Be good at what you do and develop some political skills because what you do in the industry to a great extent depends upon what kind of connections you make. And that is, again, another political thing. So, uh, be a well-rounded person. Don't be narrow. Know a lot about what's going on in the world. Read widely. Too often people, oh my God, I want to do this, so all I need to know is what I'm doing when I'm on the set or when I'm behind the scenes or whatever. No, figure out what else is going on in the world.
2: And you go somebody a lot further. Well, one thing, and I love that, and I'm going to add on to that if you don't mind, be somebody other people can look to. You know, there's, there's the uh, Gandhi said, be the change you want to see in the world. The reality is, be the person that you want to see in media, and people will respond to you that way. Um, Judge Joe Brown, can I ask a personal favor? Go ahead. Can you say hello to my Aunt Benice Cossack? <laughs> Her name's Benice Cossack. She's a huge fan of yours.
5: Bernice?
2: Bernice.
5: Oh, Bernice. Ah, uh, Madam Bernice, how are you? I'm reaching out to you today. This is Judge Joe coming to you strongly through the radio. He's to a teammate. Come fly up with me. I'm thinking of you, my dear, and I wish you were right here so I could look at you in the flesh and say I am so glad to have made your acquaintance personally.
2: Well thank you very much. She will absolutely love that. Um we have about 3 minutes until we close. You now tell us uh, uh, tell us again where we can see you coming up.
5: Okay, it will be True Verdict with Judge Joe Brown. Check your local listings because it's a syndicated show. All right.
2: Guys, check out True Verdict with Judge Joe Brown. I'm going to say to you, thank you so much for being on this show. I'm a huge fan of yours. And on behalf of the millennial generation, thank you for telling us things that matter. Thank you for talking about things that matter and not being Kim Kardashian, damn it. Thank you for talking about things that matter and and, and making this next generation smarter. Thank you for putting worthwhile... Um, thank you for putting out worthwhile entertainment because I think that that changes the game, that changes what people watch, and that brightens up the next generation. So thank you very, very much for that.
5: I appreciate that, and you are quite welcome. One day I'll be too old to do it, so I want somebody to take over who can.
2: All right, you guys guys hear that? Go to law school. Be Judge Joe Brown. (laughs) Don't be Kim Kardashian. You hear me say that every week. That's, that's, that's my, that's my log line. Don't be Kim Kardashian. Um, Judge Joe Brown, thank you so much for joining us this week. You have no idea how wonderful that is for us.
5: Thank you, dear. I appreciate it.
2: Guys, watch True Verdict with Judge Joe Brown. Thank you so much for being on the show, Judge Joe Brown. Thank you, Paul Michael Boland, for being here. Alexis is kicking me. A shout out to her grandfather at Griggs Vacuums. If your vacuums don't suck... There's do, Alexis. At some point, you're going to have to pay for the ads you put out there, <laughs> guys. That's Alexis's grandfather. She puts that out every week. Support him there if you get a chance. Come out to the auction. I am in Palm Desert today at an auction at the Exchange in El Paseo. Come on out. We're going to be doing a whole bunch of freebies. We're definitely going to try and drag Judge Joe Brown on this show again. It was absolutely amazing. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Paul. Thank, Thank you, you to our listeners. And if you get a chance, guys, jump online. Tell us who beat The Color Purple for the Oscar, and you can win all kinds of stuff. Find me on Summer Helen on Facebook. Find us on Behind the Scenes on Facebook. Tune in to True Verdict. I know I will be. Take a minute, watch some smart television, and take Judge Joe Brown's advice. Do something worthwhile, do something meaningful, learn the politics of the game you're trying to get into, because being famous is not good enough. We all have a responsibility to make this world just a little bit better than we found it, and you sure as hell won't do that by being Kim Kardashian. For the love of God, be Judge Joe Brown. Thank you guys for joining us. I'm Summer Helene, your bad guy from Hollywood, the Duchess of Hollywood, the Wicked Witch of the West Coast, and any other bad thing you can call me, and we'll see you next week on Behind the Scenes.